You're listening to the Catholic Psyche Podcast. The Catholic Psyche Podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not intended to take the place of medical or mental health treatment, therapy, or diagnosis. You should always consult a trained mental health or medical professional for such treatment. Welcome to the Catholic Psyche Podcast. This is Sarah. And Cherie. And it's just us girls tonight. Yes, cheers. Cheers. Yeah. We get to talk about whatever we want. Yes. Oh, isn't that nice? So nice. So what do we want to talk about? So, with it being the beginning of the year, Mm -hmm. typically this is the time where everybody is discussing their New Year's resolutions or yearly plans or yearly goals. And I would like to talk about, just in general, the expectations and responsibilities when we put on themselves throughout the whole year. Ooh, I like this idea. And just what that looks like, what that entails, Mm -hmm. and how absolutely ridiculous it is. Yes. Yeah. All right. It is ridiculous. Whether you're married or single or planning a wedding or trying to get ahead in your career, just existing as a woman, having relationships, and all the expectations that, especially we as Catholic women, deal oh, with. Yeah. Like, you're that, not married by the time you're 30. Oh, your biological clock is ticking. You, have, you haven't had your fifth child yet? Yeah, I was just going to say five, too. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, like, okay, you're 30, so you still have to get five kids in. Like, no, no, you don't have to get five kids in. Oh Ever. Oh my gosh. Ever. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. You have as many children as God wants you to have. Yes. The end. The end. And if it's none, that's okay too. Yes. If you don't want kids. If you don't want to get married. Like, if that is not your vocation. That's okay. It's okay. Yes. It's okay. It is okay. It is okay to just be loved by God. Yes. I feel like we're not told that enough. Or to just be you, and I, I like that phrase. It's okay. Like, I feel like we don't say that to ourselves enough, you mean as a woman. Yes. That what we're experiencing with our emotions, our intellect, our logic is telling us that you're not perfect, that you're not doing everything, everybody, all the time, expects of you. Yes. Or it's- you think that you expect it. Right. I think that is a that is a huge trap. Yeah. yeah. But we think that we're supposed to do a certain amount of things, mm-hmm. living a certain way. Mm-hmm. That in order to be a good wife, a good mom, a good daughter, a good daughter-in-law, a good friend, a good friend, or a good be, church woman. I was going to say just an active person in the church that you have to or should be doing all of these certain things. Giving, volunteering, cooking, teaching. Teaching, yeah. Why? I just want to harp on that for just a hot second. Okay. Why is it always women who are expected to be teachers? Like, I'm the child of two teachers. And 
people would rarely ask me what I wanted to be when I grew up. They were like, oh, you're going to be a teacher like your mom and dad, right? Oh, you got that. Okay. Yes. And it always annoyed me because my instinct was, no, I'm terrible. <laughs> well, I feel like um, just in general that women are more teachers just because they're smarter. Well, yes. And they're a little wiser. Sorry, but... I'm yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> but it is the expectation yeah. that women are the religious ed teachers, the catechists, the ones instilling the faith. Yeah. It's like, well, why would a man do that? It's a woman's job. It's well, like, but at the same time, like if you think of a teacher, they're supposed to embark wisdom, right? right. They're supposed to embark knowledge. But I actually think that the expectation and the reason that women are teachers and religious ed teachers, or whatever subject it is, is because they're dealing with children and they're expected to be the caretaker. Oh, yes. You're basically second mom. Yeah. In the classroom. And you're taking care of all of those kids. And on the side, teaching them. Right. It's like, um, two plus two equals four. But more importantly, you are having a really difficult home life right now, so I'm going to be your emotional support and your yeah. the primary dispenser of affection and here are tissues and stuffed animal and I'm making sure that you eat a nutritious meal yeah. at least once a day um, because I'm also your part-time dietary. Yeah, yeah like yeah, I'm part-time mom. Yeah. And, well, let's give it out there to all of our teachers who do all of that. Props, y'all need a vacation and a raise. Yes. It, not only are you teaching them, but things come up where you're not trained to handle, like home life or trauma or things that the kids normally go through or behavioral issues that is actually more of a therapist job. Right. And you're expected to handle all of that. So, my mom is a teacher in a low income school right now. Hi, mom. I don't know if you listen, actually. I should send this to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but uh, she asked me for resources to deal mm. with uh, so many traumatized kids. And I was like, yeah. actually, Pinterest has a lot of really good ideas for trauma-informed classroom. Uh, yeah. Because teachers are expected to be a counselor as well as mm -hmm. an imparter of knowledge and wisdom. Yeah. Uh, a good friend of mine is a third grade teacher, and third grade is actually when things start getting really hard. Yeah. Uh, like that's when the body starts changing. That's actually when puberty starts around that time frame. Early. Yeah. Very yeah. early. Yeah. Um, it's, like it's gotten earlier in the past few decades, earlier and earlier, and third grade is where it seems to be, seems to be sitting right now. So she deals with all of these emotions mm -hmm. from so many kids who yeah. are still kids but their bodies are trying to make them teenagers already yeah uh, she told me a story recently uh, she had a girl come up to her and she was just crying and the little girl said i just i don't know why i'm crying and my friend said oh honey welcome welcome to womanhood it'll be <laughs> yeah. like this for the next 20 years <laughs> okay hold on i need i actually that is a brilliant point that you made that as us women, it is okay and natural and completely sane to be crying 
and not know why. Yes. Your body knows why, even if your your brain doesn't actively know why. It, oh and, it's, and it's crazy. I think I have this conversation with a woman weekly as a client. Um, like it's okay to not know why you're crying. It's okay to not know why you are feeling the way that you do. That feelings don't always have a reason, but your body knows. And it's actually your body's way of healing itself. Yes. Naturally of healing itself. And either it's because you have a lack of sleep or you're overstressed and but and you're just worried in general, but a lot of times we think, oh that's not a good reason to cry. No, that is an excellent reason to cry. I feel like we need to pause and just detail the science of crying for yeah, a second. Let's do it. You're, you cry when there are too many hormones going off in your brain. And it's the body's way of releasing these hormones that are overloading your frontal lobe yeah. and your logic center and allowing you to be cleansed, like literally cleansed from the inside out through your tears. Mm -hmm. So that if your adrenals are going everywhere and your cortisone levels are through the roof through, and yeah. like all your stress hormones are like, freaking out because you're worried, anxious, terrible things are happening. Your body is trying to get rid of those overwhelming yeah. stimuli. Pardon. Yeah. Um, so that you can think again. And sometimes you may not know while you're cry what what you're crying about while you're crying. But then, you know, thirty minutes after you stopped crying and you're holding a nice cup of tea and just breathing, you're like, oh, I feel better. And now I can actually think through this situation. Oh, that's what the answer is to that problem. Yeah. Okay. Or I'm worried or, yeah, I have a lot going on. And, oh my gosh, so many women that typically when I hear that phrase, like, I'm crying and I don't know why. I'm always crying. I can't stop it. I'm always anxious, depressed, overwhelmed. I worry so much. And one of my first instincts is to tell them to go see a doctor and get a hormone camp. Oh, because typically their cortisone levels, which is due to stress, is like off the charts. And of course you're crying. Because if your cortisone levels are off the charts, your brain is going, I need to cry so I can lower these. Right. Yeah. Like that is the logical response to that situation, actually. Yeah. And, and so that's what's happening on a, on a biological level. We are not taught about our bodies very well. No. So when that happens, yeah. women are confused about why they're reacting physically and they just try to logically shut it off because they have been told so often in our society, oh, women are so emotional, they don't, they're so irrational. Yeah. And you don't want to be the crazy girl. Mm -hmm. So you try to shut yourself down and just stuff your stuff. Yeah, and you it. Well, I can't, I can't, okay, so I'm going to text back into expectations yes. and pressures of that women are trying to please. Mm -hmm. Typically, women, when they feel intense emotions or need to cry, I can't cry or I can't show them my emotion because that's going to make them worry or that's going to make them, whoever them is. Right. Whether it's a family, friend, 
spouse, boyfriend, fiance. I don't want to make them worry or them not okay. And so I have to deal with this on my own. That pressure to make put everybody else first, to make sure everybody else is okay. It's okay if I'm not okay. I can deal with that. But I have to make sure everyone else is okay because... Because why, again? Do we think other people aren't as strong as we are? Oh, that's a really good question. It just just came out of my mouth. That's a good question. And I don't think enough people ask that. But there is this thought of, well, I can't rock the boat. Or he's had enough stress today, I don't want to stress him out more, and I have to deal with it. It's very 1950s idealized housewife. Yeah, but I I feel like when it comes to emotions, our society is focused a lot about women working more, doing more things, but when it comes to emotion, Mm -hmm. we haven't really focused on women feeling okay. To not be okay. It is okay to not be okay. And, but, and I think this is even somewhat contradictory of the feminist movement of being not okay, of not yeah. being strong, of not being capable of doing it all. You're not Supergirl? How dare you claim to have ovaries? <laughs> <laughs> But really, no, that, that's kind of the vibe. It's like, if you don't proclaim your strength loudly, like, I am woman, hear me roar, 24-7, Yeah. then are you actually a woman? Are yeah. you actually a feminist? Are you actually worthy of someone's attention? Right. And unless it's the exact opposite, like in traditional Christian movements where... Oh no, women are just quiet and pious and holy and and they have their hands holding their head tilted yeah. just so and they have seven children by the time of the three because they got married young like a good girl when she was a virgin and they was, he was her first love and Sheree is rolling her eyes at me right now. <laughs> well, it's, well, Sarah, if you saw her body language, it's, it's quite laughable. And, um, <laughs> but really, yes. there's also... The exact opposite, where you are expected to not rock the boat because you're barely supposed to be noticed in the boat. And if you well, are noticed, you're, you're just supposed, supposed to sit there yeah. and look pretty. You're, you're supposed to be capable. Right. So, like, or non-destructive, in a way. I like both those words, yeah. And, and so, coming to somebody crying or being upset about something is... The opposite about being non-destructive. Yeah, you're literally interrupting someone else's day. You're saying, I need you. We're not supposed to need. Yeah, we're the one that's supposed to take care of everything, right? Right. Right? That expectation that we actually take care of everything. It's like, who takes care of you? Yeah. Nobody. Well, I do. Well, I take care of me because I'm I'm supposed to. But typically, the woman... It's supposed to take care of themselves and everybody before that. Everyone. But typically, you're about to pass out in tears before you ever get there. Right. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is so exhausting. Yeah. Dear sisters, take a nap when you need a nap. 
Drink a glass of wine. When you need a glass of wine, take a bath. Take, take the lavender bubble bath. If you need a break from your kids, as, call someone. Call someone as often as you need to. Yeah. I used to have some friends who lived a few blocks away. So I would walk over, and they had, at that time, three young kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just go over to hang out and to hold the baby and help um, the wife, who was I was closer to, mm -hmm. um, make dinner and just be there. And she, like every single time I would walk through the door, she would apologize that her house wasn't clean. It's like, you're entertaining small humans. This yeah. is fine. This is how your house is supposed yeah. to look. And your kids are happy. That's what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. But she had the expectation that when someone comes over, you have a clean house. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, and that's a big one for, for women, that I can't have people over if my house is a, is a mess. And even that expectation to serve or to go above and beyond, and you see other women doing things, and you compare yourself. <gasps> oh, Sorry. Sorry, yeah, I just brought up that word. Compare. Okay, so here's a funny pop culture example. There's an episode of The Office where Pam has had her second baby, and she's finally back to work, and then Angela gives birth, and like two days later is back to work, looking as tidy as she did before the baby, and Pam is just like looking her up and down, and Angela has brought in all these brownies to share with people, <laughs> and Pam, like you just see her face, she's just so tired. Uh-huh. And Angela says, oh, I don't need a whole week off like some women. And you can just see the yeah. shut down. Right. I forget what episode it is, but if you love The Office, you, you know what I'm talking about. And just that comparison, that silent comparison that they captured so well mm -hmm. of the up and down look. You know yeah. what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Was just so indicative of our society. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I even want to bring this into like the church culture of serving and like even oh my gosh, like bake sales and bringing food for after church Just or things like that. Buy the stupid brownies from the store. <laughs> Don't make the brownies. But like, like you're like, I, and I know some women who are like, oh my gosh, like. I agree to these things because this mom is doing it, and she does this and this, and then when it gets close to your time to do it, you're like, oh my gosh, there is no way I can get this done with my five plus kids, and or even one kid, let's face it, even one kid, it's rough. Yes. And I'm, and I have to cook this meal, and I have to get it there by this particular time, and oh my gosh, this woman comes up and she has more kids than me and she does this dinner. And, and she's in heels. And she's in heels. Oh, and she what? did her makeup. Oh, yeah. Let's, okay, let's not even go there. <laughs> <laughs> and we compare ourselves that, like, oh my gosh, I feel so inadequate. I feel so bad. I feel so guilty and I must be doing something wrong. If I'm not perfect. If I'm not perfect and I'm not able to do everything, and I see this and this woman who's able to do this. And oh my gosh, why would I ask her for help when 
she has more kids than me, and it's like we can't be supportive of each other, we can't ask for help from one another. Well, you're supposed to be independent, um, yeah. don't you know? You can't yeah. ask for help. Gosh, yeah, I'm supposed to have kids and work and do it all and volunteer and be active in my community. And, and run a marathon. And twice a year. Yeah, and have it all together. And, and curl your hair just perfectly every single day and yeah. have... Not show up everywhere crying. And shake your legs. Oh, what's that weather? <laughs> it's winter. Girl, even single, well, I'm not single, but like even without kids. <laughs> Shaving legs is rough. It just is. Okay. It's like, we can I, admit that. I don't think the podcast needed to know that. But. It's fine. <laughs> Self-disclosure moment. It's fine if you don't shave your legs every single time you shower. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So. Especially in winter. Basically. This is what leggings yeah. are for. Yeah, precisely. God bless pants. You always wear pants. <laughs> and, but like that expectation of a woman should do and feel and be a certain. And you have to get your body back after you have a baby within so many months. Otherwise, you're just letting yourself go, aren't you? Oh my gosh, I'm failing. What did that woman do to like, how does she have a six-pack after having a baby two months ago? Well, who cares why she has a six-pack? Are you healthy? Is your baby healthy? Well, Those are your okay. priorities. A six-pack. I don't know many women who have a six-pack. Yeah, that was just hyperbole. Yeah. I'm like, that's not natural for a woman to begin with. That's true. It is true. Like, a woman is not meant to have a six-pack. Yeah, like, it's okay. Like, we're supposed to be soft and curvy. Yeah. Like, if you see the girl who's too skinny, she probably knows that she's too skinny, and she's probably trying to get more fat in her diet. Unless she's anorexic, and then she has other issues that need help. Because that's not healthy. It's actually help unhealthier to be underweight and to have less body fat than to be overweight and have more body fat. And a lot of people don't realize this because of our cultural obsession with Thinness. <sighs> also, I feel like I need to do a disclaimer here and say I am one of those underweight girls. Yeah, so I was just going to say, where it's, it's, do you ever see pictures of both of us? <laughs> we're on the petite side. Yes. But I, I will say you have to monitor it. So being on the petite side, there was a point of time where I worked out a lot and we lifted a lot. And I noticed my body going through changes and differences because I did not have enough body fat. And it's, it was unnatural. Yeah, it's bad. And it was bad. And I realized, oh my gosh, like, I actually have to be careful on the other extreme. And there's a whole other set of issues that come with that. Yes! Oh my goodness. And, um... Even Gal Gadot has body fat. Even Wonder Woman has body fat. Yes. Just want to say that. And, and body fat is a good thing. And helps to keep us balanced. It does. Hormonally. And, um, but that's definitely a sidetrack. But it, again, it falls into this idea that women should be a certain way. Act a certain way. Act a certain way. Think a certain way. Speak a certain way. If you don't talk like Michelle Obama, are you a good public speaker? Really? If you don't sound as supportive as Brene Brown in every conversation that you have, are you a good friend? 
Sorry, I am a really big fan of Brene Brown. She's awesome. Love so, her. Follow her on Instagram. Yeah. So the fact that you brought her up is, is really funny because <laughs> I think, of course, when it comes to shame and guilt, that Brene Brown is... Oh my gosh, she's the queen. She's the cheerleader. Yes. Uh, of shame and guilt. Of, like, defeating shame and guilt. And so all of my all of my women out there, yeah, read some Brene Brown. I love her. Oh my gosh, what are we talking about next? But, so you're looking at this year. Looking at this year, and what do you think you're expected to do this year? And what do you actually want to do this year? Yeah, you're thinking about, okay, how can I support my husband? Or how can I serve more? How can I volunteer more? I just want you to take care of yourself. Yes, please. That's how you will become a better person, by investing in the mind, body, and soul composite that God made you to be, and letting yourself be loved more by Him. I think that's another thing that women, well, it's a symptom of this expectation to take care of everyone else, that women don't allow themselves to be loved by their spouse, their boyfriend, their fiancé, their friends their family, and especially by God. Or what I typically hear is, I've had a rough day, and I didn't want to share this with my husband because I would have stressed him out, or I would have made him feel bad, or I would have brought him down, and I don't want to do that. Or if they do share that because you need to, there's, I feel so bad, and I feel so guilty for bringing that up. And making him sad. Or how dare you impose your toxicity on someone else? I know. Okay, first of all, it's not toxic to have a bad day. Yeah. You're human. Yeah. Or share that, need to share that with somebody. That's also human. Yeah. Like if your husband shares about his day because something bad happened with you, is he bringing you down? Or... Is that what's supposed to happen in marriage? One spouse shares something else with another spouse. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that sense of guilt. Guilt. Why are we so guilty? What are we guilty of? Existing. How dare you? <laughs> Existing and being human. And we kind of laugh about it, but it's... I know that so many of you out there... And us, too, struggle with that, of, again, putting others before ourselves. And if we bother somebody else, or think we bother somebody else in the slightest bit, we make ourselves feel bad or feel guilty. So we make ourselves small. I feel like a lot of women try to make themselves small. Yeah. Small, I don't... It doesn't matter. I don't need anything. It's not important. What you're going through is more important, even other, and even, even towards another woman, right? Even towards a friend, and and part of that is we're thinking about them, we're thinking of everybody and how it might affect them, what they might think. It's like we have this radar going constantly, yeah. And if anything blips, like that takes priority, yeah. Even though there are twenty alarms going off. On your command station. Yeah. 
and eventually you burst or implode, which usually turns into a panic attack or uncontrollably crying or depression. And that's, that's not healthy. That's typically the cause of it. Yes. And this typically comes from parents. And it's taught to us from our own family. Whether our mom gave us that as an example, or our father was very dismissive. It's like, you need attention? Why? Yeah. Stop crying. Why are you crying? Yeah. Get over it. Rub some dirt in it. Yeah. I don't, I don't like you feeling that way, so stop. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Someone else doesn't like you feeling emotions. Okay, first of all, someone else's emotions are not your problem to deal with. It's theirs. Those are their emotions. Stop, stop taking ownership for someone else's emotions. I feel like we need to be told that more. It's like, I'm sorry that you feel that way. This is how I am feeling, and I am sharing that with you, so you can be aware of it. You don't have to do anything about it. You just need to listen and be aware. Yes. And it's okay for me to share that with you. It's like traffic signs. You just have to be aware of them. Like, in order to... You don't have to obey that. That's kind of like my first thought. Like, okay, no, no, traffic no. signs. Like, yes, I can see that 45 miles an hour and totally ignore that and go 50. It's like, but if you're not aware of the traffic signs, then you can't drive safely there. Is that better? Sure. I'll work on another analogy. <laughs> but, yeah, there, there's this sense that can't even share my emotions with you because that's going to cause you to feel a certain way and I don't want to cause you to feel a certain way because I already feel that way and then I'm going to feel bad because you're uncomfortable and then we're both going to be uncomfortable and that's just not yeah. comfortable and I just want everything to be fine just 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 make it fine fine so I'm going to go in the kitchen and I'm going to make a pie and then I'm going to eat half the pie in the middle of the night so you don't know, and then I'm going to work out in the morning. Because I feel guilty about eating the pie, even though it was yeah. delicious and I made it. But actually, I feel too guilty, so I can't work out because I feel too depressed. Ugh, such a miserable person, and then I sleep in because what's even the point? Oh, and then I'm late. Oh, be oh because I didn't get enough sleep because I was up all late. All night. Eating the pie. Eating the pie and worrying. There we go. We, we worry. Okay, first of all, if you make a pie, you have every right to eat it because you created that <laughs> thing, okay? I am very supportive of yeah. eating the dessert. Okay. How many how many women out there make desserts, especially if you're in a relationship, and you put all that work into it, and your first priority is making sure your significant other has most of it in the best parts? It's for them. It's never for you. Because we put everybody else freaking first. Oh, I just... This is not good homework. But... Sometimes... I'm interested in this. <laughs> sometimes my friends know me as 
the bad influence one, which is hilarious because of my background. Um, I have a master's in theology, I'm getting another master's in counseling. You should be a good person to talk to and wise. But back to the bad homework, make yourself some brownies and eat them huh. all huh. and don't share. Don't share. Don't share. Not even if your five-year-old, who is adorable with those great big blue eyes and those pinchable cheeks, asks you. Even if they've been good all day. It's like, no, these are mommy's special brownies. That's, that's when we get out the bottle of wine and we go, this is all mine. All mine. It, like, <laughs> indulge. And love it. And don't feel guilty about it. And why should you do that, Cherie? Because you deserve it. Yes! Oh my gosh, you enjoy good things. Like, you're supposed to enjoy good things. This is why. Because if you want a freaking brownie, have a freaking brownie because you're important. Oh my gosh, I work in a chocolate shop right now. That's my day job, which is like the perfect day job for grad school. And I have so many women come in and say, oh no, I will, I'm just going to get two. Or, oh no, I won't get anything today. I'll try to be good. It's like, try to be good. Good for what? Why? Why? Yeah. Are you trying, why do you think that makes you good? Like, no, this is a good thing. It is delicious yeah. and beautiful. That is objectively good. Denying yourself that is not good. Well, if you have, you have diabetes, disclaimer. Um, but God made us to enjoy truth and goodness and beauty in everything. Not just a sunrise, or a Caravaggio painting, or the mountains. Like, it's the small things that matter too. Yeah. And feeling bad for something doesn't make you a better person. No. Like, the amount of... what? Okay, well, that's Look, actually a heresy. Yeah. Feeling bad about something, feeling guilty about something doesn't make you a better person. It just makes you a more unhappy person. All the snaps, write that down. Rewind, listen to Sharia again, write that down. Oh, put that on your mirror. But it's actually a heresy, I'm pretty sure. Um, Pelagianism? I think it's Pelagianism. Therese of Lisieux and her family suffered from this a lot. It might not be Pelagianism. I mean, it starts with a P. I don't know. I'm sorry. Someone put it in the comments. Um, but no, it's, it was the, her tendency to be distressed over every little thing mm -hmm. and to feel overly guilty and not just overly pious, but her desire to do extra penance all the time, to offer every single little thing up because, oh, that was rude, that was wrong, that was mean, that was Disrespectful, that was X, Y, Z, whatever, bad. And she and I had have to, to make up for it. I have to make up for it in order to be worthy of God's love. Yeah. You yeah. never have to prove yourself worthy of God's love. He freely gives his love to you. You just need to sit back and be like, I accept it. And I'm okay. And I'm good. And I don't need to do anything. And if it's hard, that's okay. Yes. If I don't feel like doing something, that's okay. 
Yes. I think, yeah. I, so, kind of coming back to, it's the beginning of the year, and pretty much for the whole year, what I want women to focus on is every day waking up and asking themselves, what do I need? That is a good question. What do I need today to be okay? Not anybody else. What do other people need? What do I need to do for the family? What do I need to do for the church? What do I need to do for my job? No. What do I need? Do I need breakfast? Do I need more comfortable shoes? Do I need sleep? Do I need good food? Do I need to relax? Do I need time alone? Do Do I need time with people? Do I need time connecting with my friends? Do I need friend time? And notice none of these questions, especially if you have kids, involve your children. So it's okay to spend and want to spend time away from them. It's actually good to spend time away from your children because then you actually like them more when you come back. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. And, And you're able to be more present you're taking care of yourself and sometimes not everything involves your spouse or your significant other and especially if you're in the caretaker realm so if you're a teacher if you're a counselor if if you're a nurse if you're a doctor even if it's just in the family caretaker role as as if you're taking care of an elderly parent, or maybe you have a child with a disability, or you're helping um, someone else's child with a disability. Mm-hmm. In fact, that research actually shows that if you're in any caretaker role, your amount of self-care needs to be 10 times more than the normal amount of self-care that a person needs. Oh my goodness, I've never heard that You've statistic. never heard of that? I, I wow. can't remember. I've seen it several times, but I can't. So it's been kind of just ingrained in me mm-hmm. that, that that's the case. But yes, like if you're in a caretaker role, you need 10 times more the amount of self-care than just your average human being. That is amazing. Yeah. And how many of us... And usually those people do nothing. Oh, yes. They because actually they're become, the ones caring for everyone else. Yes. And oh... I don't matter. I'll be okay. No, you won't be. You literally, you actually won't be. Your body will fall apart. Yeah. And then you'll see me. (laughs) And in a couple of years, (laughs) me. But but that's the case. If you're listening to this now and I see you on my couch in two years for this problem, (laughs) sweetie, I'm going to give you a disappointed look. And then I'm going to give you a pillow to hug. Okay. I have pretty pillows to hug. Pretty pillows I did. So I nice. hug in my office. I actually have people. I have people that do hug them. I sit on my couch and hug my pillows yeah. when I talk to my friends. Yeah. Because it's just so comforting. Yeah. And sometimes when you're not okay, you need to go into your bed, hug a pillow, curl on a blanket, cry, eat some chocolate. Chocolate is a natural, just endorphin. It does. It does. Dark chocolate, actually. 
But it's funny, I was in a training one time, and they passed chocolate out at the end of the day. Oh, wow. And they, they proved a point. They asked, well, they asked us to just be aware. And it was funny how even a room full of therapists didn't notice that the second anybody was handed a piece of chocolate, they immediately smiled. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Yes. Because you were given something, and what you were given was something good and beautiful that you yeah. love. And so, I love chocolate. I love to use chocolate. If you come to my office, you'll get a piece of chocolate if you want. That's all I say. But I think it's so important that this year, for every woman, their focus is taking care of themselves. Take care of your physical health. Take care of your mental health. Take care of your social health. Yeah. Take and care of your spiritual health. Spiritually, emotionally, intellectually, physically, take care of yourself. What do you need? What do you need today to be okay? Not tomorrow, not the next day. Today has enough problems of its own. Yes. But tomorrow will take care of itself. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure Jesus said that. Yep. Love that one. <laughs> tomorrow will get here. Trust me, and you will need to figure out how to take care of yourself tomorrow. But that's tomorrow's problem. Yep. You are living right now, today. And it doesn't matter what expectations other people have of you. It doesn't matter what expectations you have of yourself. But why, but why does it matter? Answer me that. Because it's okay to not be okay. Yes, it is. Because what you expect of yourself may not always be possible. What others expect of you may not ever be possible. And because if you don't meet those expectations, most likely they're unreasonable expectations. And if they're unreasonable, why would you try to do something that's ridiculous? Yeah. Are you going to climb Mount Everest in flip-flops? No. Don't try to climb Mount Everest in flip-flops. If you want to climb Mount Everest, there is a series of training that you have to do to prepare. I even hear... Just real quick, it's one of the most guilty things that moms feel is when they take a nap during the day. Are you kidding? I feel so bad that I take a nap when the kids take a nap and that I need it and I don't get extra cleaning done and the house isn't perfectly clean by the time my husband gets home and then he sees the mess. Okay, but here's okay. the thing. He's a dude. Does he actually notice the mess? You know, you'd be Really? Yeah. Well, does he clean it when he sees it? But he's been away at work all day. You've been home working all yeah, day. So why Keeping is... small humans alive. Yeah, so why isn't the house clean? I mean, come on. Get the kids under control. Kids are not meant to be controlled. Kids are meant to grow. <laughs> Ugh. Okay, this but, is but, another but, rant. But this is, but this is I, I feel like I've heard this so many times from couples. I've heard this exact language. I have too many emotions and thoughts right now <laughs> to respond to that in a polite way. But I just want to tell everyone to calm yeah. down. Whew. 
we're we're about basically out of time, so I mean we could probably We could go we're like three we could, more hours. Yeah, we could probably go on and on and on about this. Um, but I think I I'm, at least in my work, I find it really important to help women take care of themselves and to extinguish any expectation and any guilt that comes along with taking care of themselves. And if you're listening to this, it's okay to do something for yourself. It's okay to make yourself a priority. Yes, and you are even worthy of being taken care of. And to ask things. Ask for things. I need something. Like, not even just take care of it yourself, but asking for help. There's a magic phrase I want to teach you right now. Um, I want you to use it with your friends. Can you help me with something? Just start little. Please. Even if it's just a little task. Just something really good. Let's say you plan for a friend to come over and the dishes are still in the sink. Just say, can you help me with this? That's actually kind of idealized, isn't it? Standing together in the kitchen, doing something together. Your friends would love that. Your friends love you, and they want to take care of you. Take yeah. So if, tell your friends to take care of each other, to take care of themselves, yeah. so that they can take care of each other. Oh, this just... So this is for another time, but it, like I'm just like, oh my gosh, I just thought of the frequent argument between couples that... It's all about a battle of trying to take care of each other and women just won't let themselves be taken care of. And okay, isn't that Ephesians 5? <laughs> yeah. Women, be submitted to your husband, like submit to your husband. The word submit means sub submissio, to put under the mission of, to put yourself under the mission of your husband. And his mission should be to take care of. That is his mission. His mission is to love you as Christ loved the church. Okay, but that's a different guys, topic. if you're still listening by the end of this, <laughs> like, please hear that. Like, uh, that is your mission. Get her to heaven. And her mission is to let you. Yes. That's so incredibly beautiful. And so difficult. Yeah. That's, like, I can that's know, probably... That's probably another talk in and of itself. So, so, so we should probably, topics. yeah, so we should probably end it there. But anyways, happy new year. <laughs> it's, we're, we're still fairly beginning of the year. Happy January. And take care of yourself.